Hey guys, welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. We watched the one and only Mandalorian this week, and wow. I'm glad that it's our last TV show that we will discuss in 2020. It was a good end of end of year sign-off. Yeah, just like a feel-good heartwarming show exactly just like a family friendly fun great show totally i was like i haven't been this heartwarmed since dash and lily (laughs) true i think (laughs) a funny comparison but i agree with that (laughs) so very excited to talk about that and um like I mentioned, this will be our last episode of the year, so we also get the privilege of ranking one of our favorite hobbies, our favorite TV shows from the year. But first, TV news. I feel like there's a lot of good TV news this week as well. Yeah, it's been kind of a good month for TV news. Yeah, I think like um, people are like working again and they're like figuring out how to work in in COVID times and yeah, getting back to work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like yeah, like planning a, planning new exciting things. Um yeah, it's exciting. Like I just said. <laughs> yes. So, what's one of your pieces of news? Well, the thing I'm most excited about, and I'm sure you will agree, is that one of our all-time favorite Instagram friends, I really consider her a friend. I, I do, because I respond to her stories, and she responds within seconds. Oh, I've never gotten a response. We ha- we I don't know how I got in, but I did, and I actually was DMing her with her earlier, like last week. About what? Well, let me pull it up. You should tell the people who we're talking about. Okay, yes. You pull that up and I will announce the happiest news. <laughs> so we are obsessed with Heather McMahon. If you don't follow her, highly recommend. I could unfollow, I think, almost every single person I follow and only follow her on Instagram would be great. Like, I, she's a comedian. She's so funny. And she also has, like, a legitimately compelling life story that now she's turning into a TV show for Peacock. And um, it's going to be called Good Grief. And because, basically, she was trying to make it as an actor in L.A. and her dad died. And so she moved back home to Atlanta with her mom and um, her sister. They both live there. And they are all hilarious and so amazing. And it's just going to be like the best show ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. I love I love her. I love her mom. I love her sister. And um, she's so funny. And I'm just like really happy for her. Because I really think she deserves it. She works really hard. And she just keeps that amazing content coming. And... I love her for it. Yeah, I, she's so funny. I was looking to through our messages, and by me saying we DM a lot is really, I respond to her stories, like, and for every, like, three or four times I respond, she responds back. But last week, 
she had posted a story of her with a face mask on and I responded and said, I really hate to say this, but the guy Fieri is really jumping out and I don't hate it. And she said, honestly, I'm kind of cute. <laughs> and like, they literally have the same timestamp. Like she was, she instantly responds. Wow. So. Love. I just, yeah. See, she's perfect. She really is. Okay. There's a new Hulu series that Seth Rogen is making uh, about Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's sex tape scandal. And it's going to Sebastian, blah, blah, blah. Sebastian Stan is playing Tommy Lee and Lily James is playing Pamela Anderson. And I'm just very intrigued. I'm extremely intrigued as well. It's kind of weird casting, but I like both of them. You know what's funny is when I was like, oh, you know who would play a good Pam Anderson is Margot Robbie. And I was like, oh, they were... <laughs> They were just in Itania together, so that would, I don't know, maybe be weird. <laughs> I mean, I, she they, looks more like Pam Anderson than Lily James does, but I love Lily James, so whatever. I'm yeah. down. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I I don't have anything else to say other than it'll be interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Another person who just got a new uh tv show like picked up that i'm excited about is the deaf model and like personality niall demarco who i always had known about but just recently watched his season of america's next top model for the first time and was like oh my gosh i'm obsessed with this guy he's like the most beautiful man i've ever seen and he's just like extremely inspiring he was born deaf and he's like super outspoken advocate for like disabled uh rights and like the deaf community and he's so cool and he is now getting an nbc series based on his life wow cool so like all these great people like good stuff's happening to good people this week it's really great to see is he playing himself i'm not actually sure i feel like he probably will be because he has acted before and he's so hot he's like and they would need I, to cast <laughs> someone who is actually deaf, I would assume. Yeah, totally. And so I really, I can't imagine anyone filling in for him looks-wise or, like, charisma-wise. Mm -hmm. Like, it would just be a downgrade if they cast anybody else. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's because it's also about um his whole entire family. He has, like, um, like, his, he has a twin brother who's also born deaf and is... I think that his like his mom is also deaf and so it's like kind of it's going it's called it's going to be called Look at Me and it's an ensemble drama about a multi-generational deaf family and they have a hearing daughter-in-law and granddaughter and so it's like kind of like that whole kind of combination and dynamic and so but I in this article it's not saying he'll play himself but I would be shocked if he weren't basically. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I have, there are two Apple TV, Apple TV Plus, I never know what it's called, um, trailers that dropped, um, one of which is the Billie Eilish documentary, which I just think will be so fascinating because she came out of nowhere and is seriously so young. And like in the trailer, it shows her getting like her driver's license 
Like oh that's how gosh. young she is. So um, I I really liked the trailer, and I'm kind of excited to watch that, even though I wouldn't really call myself a Billie Eilish fan. And then another trailer that came out for Apple TV is Palmer with Justin Timberlake as like the lead. And um, it looks pretty good. It also has Juno Temple, which George and I have been randomly talking about Juno Temple a lot lately. So I thought yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that is so weird. Also, I have literally heard zero things about anything called Palmer, anything with Justin Timberlake. So wow. Well, I'm you excited. should you should watch the trailer. It looked pretty good. Okay, cool. I just, I'm excited like... to see him back to his acting because, I mean, I loved him in, what was that show on Disney Channel? Model behavior. Model behavior. Yeah, I kept wanting to say Wish Upon a Star, but I knew that was wrong. I loved him in Model Behavior. Both great films. Um, and hopefully 2021 Model Behavior will be on Disney Plus because <gasps> it's currently not. True. That's my that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> or my New Year's conjunction uh, manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! I should have done that. I guess we still hopefully. We can continue to manifest things, like, throughout the week. Yeah, I I think that's how it works. I think it's kind of whatever you want. Perfect. (laughs) That's what I like to hear. (laughs) Oh, well, this kind of goes, it goes along with Mandalorian. Uh, It's not a spoiler to talk about the Boba Fett spinoff, right? No, uh, I don't think so. And I think the people should know to listen to the, watch till the very end anyway, because... My family missed it. Oh, okay, yeah. I know, I accidentally saw it because I just, like, hadn't closed the window yet or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, score. Um, It goes along with Mandalorian, and it goes along with uh, when we mentioned, I think, last week that Ahsoka um, is getting her own spinoff for Disney Plus with Rosario Dawson. And this one, the new spinoff is going to be The Book of Boba Fett. And... There's not a ton of info past that title and knowing that it's a Boba Fett spinoff show and that John Favreau is doing this one as well. Okay, I was also wondering because after Mandalorian ended, I was doing lots of research and um I saw something that I think it was even Vulture that were they, they were like we're not totally sure if this is like what season three of the Mandalorian will be, or if this is a complete different spinoff. And so I was wondering if they had actually said whether or not it was a spinoff or not. I mean, I hope so. I think I saw at, at least like the headline talking about that. Okay. Um, it may require more research though, because I think I saw something that um, the head, <laughs> I didn't read it. But it was like, John Favreau explains everything about Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I really should have read that. But um, yeah, as I think currently it's being referred to as a spinoff. But cool. that is subject to change. That's good. I'm glad because I, I think there's more to the Mandalorian story. I agree. And I would, I would say, too, I want more. But I could even see, too, this... And then season three going in a different direction because it was kind of like what an ending point too. True. You know? Yep. But yeah. I could go either way. Also Melanie Linsky, our other friend of the pod, 
mostly yes. Jordan's friend. Um, <laughs> she's getting her own sh- Showtime show called Yellow Jackets, and it's going to have Juliet Lewis and Christina Ricci, which is exciting as well. So I think we're just gonna have to get Showtime. I think that's what I it comes know. down to. We'll have to split it or something. Yeah, but. Yeah, seriously. There's just too many good things on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Especially now with Melanie getting her own show. The only other piece of news that I have is that Netflix released their Death to 2020 trailer. And it just does not look as funny as Amazon's. And it's just, again, still so weird to me that they're doing the same thing. But Joe Keery does look really hot. <laughs> so I'll, I will still be watching it. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Oh, Joe. I haven't really seen him for a while. I know. Me neither. Like, is he no longer an It Boy? I mean, I think they're filming Stranger Things. And he also um, put out some music last year. Mm-hmm. And it was good. I liked it. So, but I don't still... questions, but... I think he was supposed to be an It Boy. But we'll see if he does much after Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay. So. Wow. 2020. 2020 gave us a lot of great TV. I will say that. Movies, not as much. But TV, we were blessed. And I had a really hard time narrowing my top three down. But... I did it, and I'm excited to hear yours. Me too. Yeah. I wanted to say that um, I always like polling my Instagram followers to see who their favorite top, their top TV shows were, and I, like, counted all of them up, and I just thought it would be fun to say, like, the general population's top favorites, and... The one that won by a long shot was The Queen's Gambit. That had the most votes by double. Oh, wow. And I then... Oh, go that ahead. That one is just the thing. Literally everyone watched it. Because it was yeah. like approachable prestige television, you know? Mm-hmm. And Netflix, which I think everyone mm-hmm. has. Yes. Um, And then number uh, second and third were a tie with... I May Destroy You, and The Mandalorian. Wow. Agree with all of those. Yeah. I'm really impressed that so many people watched I May Destroy You. Me too. I mean, this was like a, I think about 50 people responded, so that's the sample size we're working with, but that's, that's still kind of a lot, in my Pretty opinion. good. Yeah. If I did that, I'd probably get two responses in one of <laughs> If we did it on the going show... Um, Instagram account, we would have gotten about one, and it would have been from me. <laughs> two, because one would be me. We would have gotten two. That's true. Wow, that okay. is sad, but true. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Even We're if pretty it's funny. Pity. <laughs> have you seen the art Taylor makes? She should be getting paid for that. I think it's pretty good. Um. Okay. So, Jordan, what was your third favorite show of the year? 
my third favorite show, and um, I'm going to have to agree with your Instagram followers. <laughs> my number three favorite was Mandalorian. Wow. I, and I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like there's going to be like shocking answers on yeah. this list, you know? Um, it did, I will say it did beat out Queen's Gambit, which I would, I would say is my fourth favorite. Okay. Um, and I wonder if some of that is just because I know that Queen's Gambit is like the number one on a lot of people's list. So I kind of wanted yeah. to be shout different. out a different thing. Which is, but Mandalorian's clearly still up there for a lot of people, too. Yeah. But I do feel like, um, just like, and Queen's Gambit, I was definitely emotional watching that, too. But just the the sweetness of Mandalorian and, like, getting to see something that's so quality and it's Star Wars, which is so fun, Mm -hmm. is just, like, such a great combo. Um. And it's, I feel like it's also been a long time since I was, like, in love with an action show, which feels really uh, refreshing, sort of, too. Agree. And so, I I just have to give it that number three spot. Love it. I would, I will, I want to keep responding to everything you're saying, but I'll, I'll save it for our actual Mandalorian discussion. Perfect, yeah. It's kind of a, it's, well, not a spoiler, but it is kind of, uh premature <laughs> <laughs> but we have talked about it in our tv news now our top threes and then we'll talk about it so it's kind of fun yeah yeah it was just that good okay my top three i kind of had a hard time choosing but the way i decided to like n- narrow it down and rank them was kind of by the emotional reactions that i had to them um so Number three, I chose Unorthodox. I just, I don't, I haven't seen anything like it. And the emotions and like uh, conversations that came out of it were just really um, special to me. And yeah, I just thought it was done really well. And I just really loved it. Totally deserving. That show. Thank you was so good and also refreshing to have something that's just this contained story Mm -hmm. and with like no one i've ever seen before in anything yeah so like i didn't even have that reason like pulling me towards loving it you know yeah totally like it's completely zero bias Mm -hmm. love it um my number two show I said high fidelity. Love it. It's so crazy um, that that was this year. It's insane. That was even pre-COVID everything. Madness. Mm-hmm. And it even, it like kind of even hurts to talk about because it got canceled. And that's just still so mind-blowing that that could ever get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, But it was like just a really honest and like still like a light really funny show with really great characters i think one of the things that we talked about back in february when we were watching it was how like it was one of the best first seasons of any show because the characters immediately felt real and you understood their relationships and that is really rare um in a first season of tv and it was just so well done and really showcased zoe kravitz and like a way I don't feel like we've gotten to even see her that much yet. Totally. I agree. 
It's like everyone's obsessed with her, but no one's actually seen her do that much, I feel like. Yeah, she's always playing like a small role in whatever Mm -hmm. she's in. And she's so captivating that like you still love her in those small roles, but she needs to be the star. Yeah, she does. She is star material. I will say I did feel a little bit of um, hope, Um, not necessarily for high fidelity, but she posted an Instagram the other day and tagged Jack Antonoff again. So Mm -hmm. they're still working on music or something. And can't wait. I know. I was like, maybe like Antonov Kravitz cinematic universe. Please <laughs> <laughs> bless. Sounds beautiful. Okay, for my number two, I chose Normal People, another show that just really got my emotions all tied up in a knot and. Um, was something like unlike I've ever seen before, and um, also like a contained show that just was really beautiful and had great acting, and loved the storylines, and yeah, I thought it was just really perfect. Mm-hmm. Also, very well deserved and agree. And that is another, that's one where I'm like, this is the kind of show that is like custom made for Taylor Goff. <laughs> wow. That is a very high compliment. Thank you. Just like the vibes, you know, it was all there. And thank you. Gave us Daisy and Paul into existence, basically. Which has given us so many other things since then, you know? It's. It's so true. Really, that's a 2020 blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number one, again, got to agree with your Instagram followers. I May Destroy You is just the best thing I watched this year. It was, It's my number one, too. I don't feel like it's even really debatable. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so, so epically good. And um, I would say it was, well, I mean, it's hard because I think it's so good that it, it can't even really be classified because some parts are laugh out loud funny, but also it was probably one of the hardest shows to watch mm-hmm. and the most worth it. Yep. I totally agree. It was just like all the emotions wrapped into one and every single character and every single actor's performances were all just such a gift. And, mm-hmm. like, I just was so happy that we have that show to watch. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Thank you, Michaela Cole. We Truly. Really love it. We bow to you. Um, I do have three bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> there was just like three shows that i still really wanted to shout out and like that i loved um but just didn't fit on my top three and i don't know if it's because they were um not the first season which i noticed is which all my top threes were and i guess mm-hmm. you had mandalorian which was a season two um but i felt like pen 15 insecure and rami like all three of those had 
really great seasons. Yes, I agree. Like almost um it's just it's hard to live up to when you have amazing seasons to start with, but all of mm-hmm. those like rose to the occasion. Yeah. Agreed. That's why that's why I said it. But you said it better. I love it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Wow. I couldn't agree more and it honestly I kind of forgot that all of those came out because it's pretty crazy. Year is so wild and um especially Rami. Rami feels like so long ago. Mhm. But I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah, it was be- it was beautiful. Okay. Well, now we finally get to discuss The Mandalorian season 2. I think everyone who is listening has probably gotten the gist that we both loved it. But overall, Jordan, how did you feel about season two? Yes, I loved it. And I think I I think it was even better than the first season, which I also loved. I would agree with that. I felt like at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. I forgot. I really liked the show. And then... So episode five is where it kind of all changed for me. And I was like, oh, wait a second. This show is amazing. And like the rest of the episodes were just like all so stellar that um, I was like, oh, the first episodes were kind of boring, but they were still good. But like the end of the season, especially for me, was like so, 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 so good. Like no, no critiques whatsoever, basically. Yeah, I feel like um, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, this is the what they're doing with Mandalorian is kind of like blowing the new trilogy movies they made kind of out of the water. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to agree because I feel like they're I feel like kind of the points that they're making and the themes are kind of like especially within Star Wars world, like obviously there's always such a, like they live in a binary existence of like light and dark side of the force basically. Mm -hmm. But it's showing like the gray area a lot and like how you have to kind of compromise, like Mandalorian himself has to compromise, especially in this season. And it's like very interesting and cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of times in the newer movies that they were kind of wanting to show that. And I feel like, this is doing it like very artfully and effectively which i really really love and the movies aren't even really able to do it in like three hours and like these are they're able to do this in like 30 minute or less episodes which i think is worth noting it's awesome um and with characters that we don't know at all until i mean now they are getting into familiar characters but kind of only if you've Watched a lot of kind of the extracurricular Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun and honestly is inspiring me to go back and watch. Because I've never watched like uh, Clone Wars, for example, the cartoon. But after watching this season, I'm like, I have got to watch that show because mm-hmm. I've always heard it's good. But now I'm like, wow, I really want to like do this extra work and like love all these characters that are so exciting to see that I'm not really familiar with them yet, you know? Yeah, same. But it's fun. It's I love that you can you can still watch it and enjoy it without that. But I think 
being in on all of the like insider like Easter eggs and stuff is a lot more fun. Totally. Okay, well, now I feel like we have to talk spoilers. Let's do so, it. So, if you haven't watched, turn this off, go watch it, come back. Where should we begin? Uh, well, I mean, maybe even just with the finale, which, oh my gosh, that was so good. It was, like, so exciting, really, really good action. And, like, was super emotional. I It's so funny because, like, I get way emo about Baby Yoda slash a.k.a. Grogu because <laughs> he really does remind me of my dog so much. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is so tender. Like, I get very anxious whenever Baby Yoda is, like, in danger and stuff, mm-hmm. which it's like, how can you not feel like that about Baby Yoda? Because he's just so freaking still like the cutest thing i've ever seen true and it's just very stressful when he's in danger or kidnapped or whatever and um because it's like in the first season like you know that uh the mandalorian cares about baby yoda but in this for them to like directly address their bond it was like so sweet and so sad when he said goodbye to him yeah and um i had read something that talked about like the fact that he took off his helmet two times and like one of the times was to like look baby Yoda directly in the eye. Like that's how important it was for him that that was like that overrided the never take off your helmet rule, which I thought Mm -hmm. was really special. And yeah, that was like, yes, it was one of the like most emotional moments I've ever had watching anything star Wars. Yeah, it was, it was so it was beautiful. So much. Yeah. I also really loved the uh music. I watched it by myself and then I watched it with my family and I feel like I probably was annoying my family cuz I was just like, but the music. <laughs> like when the dark troopers are activated, like the it's like EDM music and I just think that it's like really powerful and really really well done. This I I tweeted this for a second and then deleted it cuz I couldn't figure out how I wanted to word it and then I just gave up. Did you know that the director of Bring It On directed the finale of Mandalorian Season 2? Whoa, I did not know that. Peyton Reed. That is Um, crazy. And, yeah. He's also directed, like, Ant-Man, but I care way more about Bring It On than I care about Ant-Man. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what I care most about is Bring It On and Mandalorian Season Finale, because, (laughs) oh my gosh. And so... I mean, just, like, what he's done for the culture. Well, I was looking, I'm looking at IMDb right now, and it has 9.9 stars out of 10, which I feel like I've never seen that. I, I've literally never seen that before. And the first review I see is, made a grown man cry. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title of the first review that's showing. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, those Uh, reviews are funny to look at. I'll have to go read more. That is, yeah, amazing. Um, Yeah, I just like bringing in Boba Fett, freaking awesome. And um, and I had to look this up to confirm because I've, I've really only seen the prequel movies of like only a few times. Mm-hmm. But it's the same actor that played Boba Fett's dad in the prequels who is like the guy they cloned to make the 
clone army. And so like Boba Fett would in theory look just like he would look like that guy. And mm-hmm. so I just love the same casting. Just like I feel like they just did an amazing job all around. And yeah. I feel it like seems a lot like of they people- care about Star Wars and like care about keeping storylines and like keeping the fans happy. Totally. And in a way that like brings out a really great piece of content basically because I know that part of the problems on either sides whether you love the newer movies or hate them a lot of it is like they try too hard to make some people happy and in turn then make other people mad and it's just like a mess um but I absolutely love these this or these meaning this show (laughs) (laughs) these episodes of perfection yeah I absolutely loved them um and yeah, I saw this meme on Twitter that was talking about John Favreau, and they were like, John Favreau made Elf, which kind of is like the most recent classic Christmas movie, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, he did the first Iron Man movie, which like defined an entire generation of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's doing Mandalorian, which is like honestly converting people like people that were maybe burned out on star wars i think are like oh mandalorian is amazing mm-hmm. so it's like what can't this guy do really seriously thank you john well who's your crush of the week i just like we were talking about this before there's a lot of hot people in mandalorian especially mm-hmm. this season but i've really just my crush has to be pedro pascal same like i just like forget oh. that he's that hot hottie little cutie behind the helmet and then he takes his helmet off i'm like oh yeah you're pedro pascal <laughs> yes he's so hot and also like his voice is so hot we spend mm-hmm. so much time just with his like disembodied voice because we can't see his face yeah wow and just kind like, of like you like make up who he is in your mind and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah I might oh embarrass my gosh, myself so if I good. keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I admire your self-control. Um, yeah, he's he's so good in this. Whether he has his mask on or not, he's so amazing. And, like, you feel, even with his, it's just so crazy how, like, you can feel his emotions even with his mask on. Even though it's, like, his whole point is kind of, like, that he doesn't show emotions. But, like, you still get that from his acting. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense, but... Like, you feel how, like, his stress of, like, um, the episode where he eventually does have to take his mask off to, like, scan his face. Mm-hmm. And, like, you you really feel for him. Like, it's very stressful. And then, like, just the tenderness when he takes it off for baby Grogu. It's just, like, it just rips your heart out. But also, really like, does. he's he's just he's just such a great dad. He's <laughs> a great dad. They keep calling him, like, his kid. <laughs> <laughs> but he and he just like doesn't he like doesn't correct them and I love that. Yeah, it's true. It's oh really beautiful. Gosh, it's, it's really so good. Love him and love the show. Same and same. Thank you, Disney. Truly, thank you. And thank you to TV. Thank you for keeping us entertained during this hard year. I really don't know what I would do if I didn't love TV so much. I know it's like I had I could only survive this year by having a TV screen literally on probably 
90% of my time. (laughs) (laughs) And please don't tell us that's wrong because it doesn't matter. It is what it is. We don't need to know. It's not wrong. And yeah, I don't need to see the actual statistics either. I don't need to know if it was actually more than 90%. I'm just going to say, which 90 is an A, so I get an A. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And we can't wait to see what TV has in store, what 2021 has in store for TV. Really can't. I really feel like it's going to be a good year. I think so too. I I I agree. So happy holidays and happy new year. We will catch you in January. Bye. Bye.